Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big, like lines for an offense, Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Damley, thank you guys for coming back to the show, uh, Colts are set to take on the New Orleans Saints this week, uh, Monday Night Football in Week 15, so a uh, big task ahead of the Colts for sure. There's absolutely a lot on the line here for the Colts. The, the fact of the matter is, though, that the Colts need a lot of help from outside entities in order for them to even have a shot at the playoffs, to be perfectly honest with you. The Colts have to win out for the most part. Um, and then obviously the Titans and Texans, depending on what they do, uh, could be, you know, the, the, the big, the big tell in, in what happens with the Colts, uh, in terms of the playoffs. But like I said, the Colts have a big task ahead of them this week. It doesn't look to me like there's going to be, you know, uh, uh, or some sort of a resurgence, in how the Colts are able to to get everything in order, but you know we'll, we'll see. Um, at this point, you know the Colts have gotten through their Friday injury report, and like I said, uh, if you guys read the, the the briefer article, there there's good news on there that there's only a few names. The bad news, on the other hand, is that they're big names. Uh, Kenny Moore hasn't practiced yet as of Friday. Pierre DeSir and T.Y. Hilton were both limited. Pierre with a groin, T.Y. with that calf. Um, some strong words from, from T.Y. Uh, coming into the, to the week. You know, he said some guys will, will kind of hang it up and, and, and let it go and, uh, and call it a season almost. You know, when things are looking bleak, he's not that kind of guy. I think that a lot of people presume that that might be a shot at uh, Eric Ebron. I just think that that's T.Y., perfectly honest with you. Uh, T.Y. Is, is a guy who's done that his entire career. That's always who he's been. He's never been a guy that would sit out if he felt like he could play. Um, I guess the real question mark is, you know, is it smart at this point for him? Because the fact remains that he's one of the most vital pieces to the Colts' success. Uh, the Colts don't look to be – they don't look to have a real – I mean, it, yes, they are not out of it yet. But they don't look to have a realistic shot at the playoffs. Uh, even if they do get to the playoffs, do they have a realistic shot of winning any games? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, granted, the Colts largely have kept most of their games 
uh, tight with one score. And, and this, it, 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 it the playoffs is a different animal, though. You know, if you can't do the things to separate yourself during the regular season, it's going to be even harder to do it in the playoffs. So I, I just wonder if, you know, it's even a good idea. You're looking to the future. T.Y. is not a young buck anymore. You know, T.Y. is is, is a guy who's in, in the 30s now and is, you know, like I said, one of the vital pieces moving forward. So I don't know if, uh, if him playing necessarily is smart for the Colts, but one thing's for sure that, uh, you know, he wants to play. You know, Desir, on the other hand, he's – I think he could be construed as – uh, one of the more important pieces, not not to exclude uh, Hilton, obviously, but with Kenny Moore not practicing, you know, Kenny Moore is their best corner. And this, I don't think that this is really debatable, perfectly honest with you. I think that if you look to the future and you think about Kenny Moore being there, you want this year to do anything and everything you can to pair him with another guy on top of what they've done in grabbing Rocky Sin. You know, you get another guy in another corner, man, and, and you increase the depth there uh, quite a bit, whether it's a free agent guy or a drafted guy, either way, one way or, the, or, or another, you need another guy that's in his 20s and is, you know, can prove to be a, a huge uh, asset to this secondary because right now the Colts secondary has been beat up most of the year. Um, and you know, they're kind of playing like it. They've, they're averaging over the, what the, the last three weeks, they're giving up, uh, 410 yards per game. So through the air. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a sketchy situation at the moment. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see what happens. So, uh, Lurie Clark was also on the injury report as a non-practice, uh, non-participant, but his says that it was not injury related. So, uh, we're past that. And we look for the Colts. We want more Desir and Hilton all to play. I don't think – I mean, it just doesn't seem like Moore is going to play. Um, obviously, you'd love to see T.Y. Hilton out there, but is it smart? Desir, if they don't have Desir and they don't have Moore, this secondary is going to be probably toasted by Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees did make it onto the injury report. Uh, for this week, but uh, I, I mean, th they're just, you know, <laughs> you don't really think that there's uh, m much with that. I mean, he was a full participant, but he's got some, you know, it, it according to the injury report, it's a right elbow. So yes, it's his passing elbow. Yes, he had the, the thumb issue earlier in the year, but, you know, even Teddy Bridgewater was successful with this offense and it, it, do it doesn't really matter in my opinion at the moment. Now, Let's get into uh, a little bit of what we can expect to see against the Saints. Now, obviously, Michael Thomas is right on the heels of Marvin Harrison's 143 catch season, um, and I think I don't think that he can get it until probably the last week of the year, even if he averages 10, 12 catches a, a, a game until then, but this is a this is an offense right now that and a defense for that matter this is a whole team that the Colts are traveling to face in the big easy uh, on Monday night that is prime for I mean they're prime time games they're always up for them the Colts typically you know are are hit and miss on theirs 
and this is an all, uh, this is a, a New Orleans Saints team that has plenty of uh, plenty of success in those under under the brightest lights. So they're they're good on both sides of the ball. In fact, uh, in terms of D, DVOA, uh, New Orleans is second in weighted DVOA, which is basically accounts for how the team's playing right now as a complete roster. Uh, only behind Baltimore. You know, they are just barely, barely above San Francisco. And, you know, there's the, the top five, six, seven, eight teams right there are all legit playoff. Con- and probably, uh, I would say, you could argue Super Bowl contenders. When you look at Baltimore, New Orleans, San Fran, New England, just because, you know, that they, they, you know how they are in the playoffs. Kansas City and Seattle, top six teams. Then you go after that, it's Minnesota. And, you know, those teams can all, I think, uh, could legitimately get hot and either get to and or win the Super Bowl. Uh, defensively, the Saints are, or I'm sorry, offensively, the Saints are fifth in DVOA and ninth in, uh, in defensive DVOA. But the, he, the Colts this year, this is the thing. The Colts have the ability to win and play with just about anybody in the league. You know, I don't think that we can really argue against that. But they are exactly an average team this year. You know, when you look at Jacoby, you look at their offense, you know, there's so many good pieces in line on both sides of the ball. But at this moment, they're an average team. They've had a lot of injuries. They've had some issues, in my opinion, with the play calling, jiving with what the team has the capabilities of doing. They're underselling some of it. They're overselling other parts of it. They're being... A little bit. I don't know. I don't know really the best word to use, but I just call it too cute sometimes in the first twenty scripted plays. We talked about this, um, you know, and I've gotten a lot of questions on this in terms of, you know, what you know, what is the deal with uh, the play calling? Do you think it's that Reich doesn't trust Jacoby? Is it that you know? Is there other reasons? Is it this? Is it that? I just think that they're in general trying to get too cute when you see how successful the Colts are between the tackles and you're in your 20, your top, your first 20 scripted plays of the game and you're calling outside, you know, zone runs when your team is not technically good, not only that, but you're not good off the left end. And that's where they continue to run. It feels like whether it's a short side of the field or the, you know, the boundary side or the field side. And, and it just isn't jiving right now with the Colts. So this is a couple different things that we're looking at, you know, that you see. Uh, and, and look, they're 15th, or I'm sorry, they're 16th in offense, 15th in defense. And, you know, terribly enough, guess what? They're 28th in special teams. A lot of that is missed kicks, so on and so forth, fumbles on punt returns. I mean, it's a struggle uh, on special teams this year for different reasons. But the Colts overall, weighted DVOA, are 19th in the league. And that's – I mean, there, there is really not a bigger and, and more accurate description than average right now for the Indianapolis Colts. You want to see them succeed. You want to see them put these games that you know that they can do. Look, we know Jacoby Brissett can go downfield. We know that he will be aggressive uh, at times. But there are so many times when there's just second guessing. There's, you know, missed opportunities uh, guys running wide open down the field. And, you know, we talk about Jacoby's, uh, you know, ability to n- not throw guys that not throw to guys that are wide open, but throw guys open. And that's one of the biggest issues with Jacoby right now. 
He's not throwing guys open. And you're waiting at the top of the route for guys to get open. You don't, you know, that's that's not anticipation. That's one of the most key ingredients to a successful quarterback in the NFL. Anticipation, tight window throws, and, and to be able to trust the process. And right now, I think there's a combination of all of that right now that just isn't working. Yes, the Colts, you know, put up a, a ton of points the other day, but they didn't do a lot of it with their offense. You know, they had a couple of big shots downfield, and that was really about it. Other than that, the offense, you know, yes, you see some more aggressive throws out of Jacoby, but in general, the offense was not very good. I mean, they weren't very good in the running game. They they won the turnover battle against a team. They had all these things going for them, and the Colts still found a way to lose. That's the thing where you look at all these close games. And we talked about this at the beginning of the season, or, well, about halfway through the season, when the majority of the Colts wins, and, and almost every game, I think, to a point, was a one-score game. You look all the way until the Colts beat the Jacksonville, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars 33-13, to and literally every single game on their schedule before that was a one-score game. They have another one-score game. They lost uh, to the Texans in Week 12. Then they get blown out kind of by the Titans uh, in the last few minutes of the game in Week 13. Last week, another close win, uh, close loss. However you look at it, the Colts have lost five of their last six. That is a massive downward trend. And the Colts have yet to get over 400 total yards offensively this season. That's, I mean... I don't want to put that as a barometer of a team in terms of expecting them to get 400 yards to be successful. You need about 350, 375, I think, um, and just generally thinking about a good passing attack, a quality running game, and so on and so forth. Now, obviously you want to win the turnover battle as well, but that hasn't really proved th those little keys, third down success, red zone success, those haven't really lately proved to be you know, successful traits for the Colts. The Colts simply have to put points on the board and they have to have both aspects of their offense in full tilt and they don't have that. And that's a problem. If it's one, it's not the other. If it, you know, it just, they don't get coincided. You don't see very many games lately where the Colts have, you know, 250 rushing, or I'm sorry, 250 passing and 150 rushing. They just haven't had that very often. And that's one of the biggest downfalls, I think, that a lot of people look to Jacoby with a lot of this. A lot of 100-plus, under 200-yard passing games, and you just don't see the real quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't mean that as a knock. I'm just trying to find another word to use. But you don't find the big boys in the NFL doing that. The successful quarterbacks in the league are throwing for over 2 250 every single game. You know, the running game may or may not help, but, you know, when the running game doesn't, you have a quarterback to rely on. That's a franchise quarterback, a guy that you can say, look, running game sucks right now. It's time for us to go after him. And you have a quarterback that can do that. Right now, it doesn't feel like either Reich and uh, Brissett are on the same page in that aspect, or the simple fact is that maybe Brissett's just simply not capable of doing it week in and week out. I think that's probably more along the lines uh, of what's going on. However, you cannot take blame away from Reich this year, in my opinion, uh, at the same time. So a lot of things going uh, against what the Colts want to do, and the Colts have to find a way to be able to kind of, you know, the, the 
impress your will on the on on the other team and the Colts just really at this moment don't appear to be capable of of doing that uh we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back with some more comparisons heading into the Colts week 15 matchup for Monday night football with the New Orleans Saints hello I'm Neelai Patel the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas the problems that come from those ideas and how they make decisions It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, folks, welcome back. Um, let's look at New Orleans because right now we need to understand and see what the opponent is is like this 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 week in uh points per game the colt are the saints are the fifth highest scoring team in the nfl right now behind the san francisco 49ers i'm sorry ravens niners the bucks the chiefs and then the saints and then you've got seahawks after that too so a lot of similarities in the dvoa to the scoring offense um, they're, they're a top 10, top 11, top 12 team, just about anywhere you look across the board. And then you look at offensively where the Colts kind of stack up here and they don't really in a lot of them, they're exactly average in a lot of, uh, offensive categories. They're in the bottom third of the league in a lot of offensive categories. The one place where the Colts are better than the saints, and there may be another, but this is the one that sticks out. It's not a great deal better. But it is something where the Colts are a top 10 team on third down still to this day, which is very surprising in my opinion because it doesn't feel like – it feels like the success on third downs has gone down considerably. Maybe it hasn't. It certainly feels like it has uh, as over the past few weeks. But the Colts kind of keep that – they're pretty consistent in there regardless of how they start or end the game. Their final tally – is usually around 40%, 35 to 40%. They've had some games that are considerably better, some considerably worse, but they kind of find, you know, that level there, the, you know, at the end of the game with their total tally. Uh, like I said, they're a little better than the Saints at 42%. Um, one of the big keys in this, and we talked about turnover battles, the Colts, I said, had won a lot of their turnover battles 
um, in these games and have still lost the game. Uh, a lot of other factors as well. But the Saints are plus 11 in turnovers, and the Colts are square at zero. So this is not a team that is going to give up the ball very often. This is a team who's going to put up a lot of yardage. This is a team who's going to put up a lot of points. I mean, <laughs> looking at the Saints, they are basically – and, and this, there is a chance. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not discounting the Colts completely in this. I don't think they're going to win, but this is where you don't just say, nope, there's no chance. The Saints feel like and look like and their record or in their record and their uh, production absolutely prove it. They are basically a 30 points or nothing team. I mean, let's I'm going to run through these uh, scores. Week 1, 30 to 28 win. Week 2, 9 to 27 loss to the Rams. Week 3, 33 to 27 win over the Seahawks. Cowboys 12 to 10 win. Uh, Buccaneers 31 to 24 win. So that tells you right there. The Bucks are so high powered. You know that that that's kind of a crazy game last week. They're they're not a an efficient uh, offense, but they are a massive uh, powerhouse. They're in top five in scoring in the league, so they can win in any week. And that's something that the Colts don't have. Something they need. Um, 13 to six win over the Jaguars in in week six. 36 to 25. I'm just going to I'm not going to go through everything but 31 to 9 uh over the Cardinals, 9 to 26 loss to the Falcons in week 10, 34-17, 34-31, 26-18. have one game where they've scored 20 points. That's kind of an average game. Everything else is extremely high or extremely low. And then last week, uh 46-48 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. But you also have to look at their yardage, okay? They've got several games where they've got five and four, four and 500 yards and high threes uh, in terms of total yardage. I mean, they're going to have that. And Michael Thomas is, is going to be heavily targeted. They're going to be going after him all day. One of the things that we look at with uh, this offense, though, their running game, not great. So can the Colts find that nice mix of being able to not have to – not? force themselves to take up an extra guy to stop the run to be smart enough and decent enough in all aspects to be able to stop the run with as few guys as possible up front but also be able to use those extra guys in the secondary and the second level with the linebackers to effectively cover what the saints have going downfield um they have one game over 150 yards rushing on the year most of them are 100 and teens, uh, under 100 yards. They've got a couple games that are 120, 130. Um, but 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 the Colts, you know, typically have been a pretty solid rushing uh, defense, a ru- good rush defense this season. That's going to be key. Can the Colts stop the run effectively and, and consistently throughout the game? I mean, let's be honest. The Colts have had good running halves defensively where they've stopped the teams to like 30 yards and then a couple big plays. And that's another aspect of this game that Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, I mean, any of their guys that they've got are more than capable of putting up big plays. And like I said, their turnover ratio is 11. They're plus 11 right now. That's not good for the Colts. They're creating turnovers and they're not giving very many up. 
The Colts, on the other hand, anytime they're creating turnovers, it feels like they're giving them right back at some point. Either that or it's almost a scratch in, in the game. I mean, <laughs> they, they, they very seldom have games where they force a turnover to where they don't give, give them back, you know, right back to the other team. So a lot of things going into this uh, with their high scoring, high power offense, they're in very, very good defense. You know, defensively, the Colts are going to be facing, I'm sorry, offensively, the Colts are going to be facing one of the top defenses as well. And that's a real problem for, for the Colts. The Colts do not put up a lot of points. We've established this, and everybody kind of knows this already. But you look at the scoring defense, you look at a lot of different aspects with New Orleans, They were, especially at the beginning of the year, they were fantastic, but looking at specific scoring, the Colts defensively are actually allowing fewer points by a tenth of a point. 22.7 for the Colts, 22.8 for the Saints. Um, outside of that, the Colts are allowing 5.7 yards per play. The New Orleans Saints are allowing 5.4. That's an improvement for the Colts because they were up in the sixes, if I'm not mistaken, not too long ago. And uh, the Colts are also allowing fewer first downs per game defensively. They, uh, th their third down percentage right now is you know not what it used to be. They are still 11th uh, with a 41% uh, third down rate defensively. The Saints are kind of bad on third down. So they have a lot of different aspects of what they do well. And then they have a lot of things where the Colts are technically better defensively than them. And one of them is not creating turnovers. So, so let's get that established right away. The other area there is where the Saints uh, have 43 sacks on the season. The Colts, on the other hand, are 33. So this is going to be a defense that is pressuring Jacoby Brissett. The Colts have been uh, vulnerable to, to pressure, especially on the right side. Glowinski's getting called for some holds uh, or some you know penalties in general. Uh, he's kind of been absent-minded this year. Hasn't been a real standout, but I'll I'll give him this. I'll and I and I think this is pretty accurate. I don't think Glowinski's been all that bad this year. He hasn't been like he has last like he was last year. But look, if you cannot c combine the last two seasons, that's about where you expect Glowinski to be somewhere in between those two. So I, I'm not hating on him terribly. I think he's good depth. I don't think he's the ideal starter. Uh, Braden Smith, he's had his self-tested this year. Um, still doing pretty well. Not doing as well as you'd want him to do, though. Uh, a lot of talk of obviously wanting him to kick down at guard and uh, draft a right tackle of the future. I think that's ideal. Uh, but you're still going to be dealing with a rookie right tackle at some point. So th there's it's a possibility that Braden Smith at some point might start next year at right tackle, even if the Colts were to do that. Let's I mean, and and just a for instance here, let's say that the Colts draft a right tackle next year or this year in the draft. There's a good possibility that the Colts still don't start that right tackle because maybe he's just taking a little time to come along. Now, if he's a, a lockdown right tackle as as Quentin Nelson was a lockdown left guard, then, you know, the Colts can consider themselves lucky to to be in the position they are. Now, you, you've got to resign Costanzo. You've got to keep some of these guys in line. The Colts have been very healthy up front this year overall. 
and it's been it surprisingly has been one of their few issues uh, aside from you know some up and down play the 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 scary part here is going forward they are i mean the last two seasons Colts fans we have been enormously lucky with our offensive line. Last year, they played out. They were top two, three, four offensive line in the league, hands down, no question. Uh, great protection, great in the running game in terms of being able to run block, all those things. They've been pretty damn good this year too. I think I'll be honest with you. I know that they haven't had. They've had some bad weeks, but they've been pretty damn good overall. The uh, I mean, you can't. You are. We are not going to have another year like this in a row. And if we are, we are extremely lucky to have even a remotely healthy season next year or B, to have them playing as well as they have the past two years. That's something where I think Chris Ballard has to look at that and go, we've lucked out. Last year, we weren't you know beat up too bad on the offensive line. We had great offensive line play. This year, we haven't been beat up at all. And they haven't been as great, but man, we've got to get like top of the line of the line depth in this building for that offensive line. Cause you're just not going to have three healthy seasons, uh, out of a group. You're just not, or, or quality good seasons to where you're considered a top 10 offensive line to where that's considered a strength. It's been forever since the Colts have had offensive line as a strength. They have it. And it just uh, look the 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 percentages are not in the Colts' favor for them to be healthy next year or as good as they have been. So you've they've got to do something I think this year to shore that up, which will help a ton. Um, but just in general, look getting back to kind of this matchup, this is a hard one for me because I just don't feel I just don't feel like the Colts have enough of what it takes. They're on the road. The Superdome is a difficult place to play. Um, Drew Brees is going to be enormously comfortable in there. One of the things that I have noticed with Drew Brees as of late, and I think he got it back last week, though, with his uh, big, big game. I think when you look at, okay, if you watch Drew Brees play, when he came back, you, you notice, okay, that he kind of lifts his head up with his chin up in the air when he's getting ready to throw the ball. That's a vision thing for him. I didn't notice him uh, not doing it, but I did in the in the a couple weeks ago, where it didn't look like he was doing that, and I think that he got himself back on track. It seems simple, but it's a it's a mechanics thing with a guy, especially one who's been so used to doing something for his entire career, and I think that he realized that he had to get back doing that, and I think it's an unconscious thing, and until you realize you're not doing it, something that's unconscious, part of your your normal routine. Uh, how you throw a ball, your mechanics, or just whatever. Pitchers do the same thing. They kick too hard, or they don't raise their leg enough, or they raise it too far. One of the things, and that's something that that's why people watch tape on themselves to be able to do that. But Drew Brees is back in action. I expect him to be there. The Colts have to continue to create pressure. And one of the things the Colts have done pretty well lately is they've been effective at the line of scrimmage, getting their hands up, getting in passing lanes, stuff like that. I, the Colts need one of their best games defensively of the year, and they have to be uh, more stingy on the yardage. They can't allow Drew Brees to get inside of the uh, red zone multiple times and expect him not to score. You know, that's one of the things that is going to haunt the Colts if they allow them to just kind of run all over them, uh, you know, in this game. Right now, uh, you look at the the Colts and and where they stand 
with a lot of different aspects of, of their game plan. And it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be rough. It, it just, it's going to be a rough game. Um, you hope that the Colts are, are good enough to keep themselves in it longer, long enough, long enough for a, a respectable opportunity to get themselves back in the game. You know, right now, on both sides of the ball, this is important, okay? The New Orleans Saints are 19th offensively in red zone, 24th defensively. Other way around, the Colts, 7th offensively in red zone percentage, 14th in defense. So they have the definite, definite advantage in the red zone. You know what's even better? Keeping them out of the red zone. Keeping Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, out of the red zone right now. It's going to be a major issue, folks, this week. It's going to be a rough game. The Colts have the ability to do it. This is kind of a similar matchup to the Buccaneers in this. It's a volume thing with the Saints. They're not super high in a lot of areas. Like You're not looking at matchups going, well, they just blow the Colts out in terms of rank and all this other stuff for the games. However... They are extremely effective in creating volume passes, volume successful runs, and they're going to be a big play offense. The Colts have been a terrible big play defense lately. So this is going to be big for them. And the Colts have, you know, the past couple games have had a couple big plays, but they've got to be able to put those in conjunction with some accuracy from Brissett. You see a big play, then you see him start zipping things into the third row of the end zone that are five yards off target, don't need that. Don't need that. He's got to be able to keep himself the way Reich always says that he likes to keep himself. You have to be able to keep yourself somewhere in the middle. Can't be too high. Can't be too low. Got to be able to make those big plays, then come down and check down or something like that if it's necessary. You can't just go throwing the ball all willy-nilly down the field just because you've gotten yourself aggression, uh, some aggressive plays and they've been either successful or close to being successful. So um, I just hope that the Colts can end up uh, pulling this one out on Monday night. It should be a very good game. Um, If you're a Colts fan, you want to watch this game, and you kind of look at this as if the Colts have nothing to lose. They are literally with their backs to the wall being out of contention for a playoff spot. The Saints, on the other hand, are in really good shape, you know, sitting at 10-3. and So this is one of those games where you could definitely see the Colts come in and pull a Kansas City. And I think uh, when Jim and I were talking about this in our uh, final quarter of the season predictions, this is the one of the games that I said that I think that the Colts would win because I thought that the Colts could go in there with a mindset that, look, this is a team that is going to blow us out unless we just basically kick their ass. And sometimes you just get that feeling that you have to go in there with no reservations. You go in there and play your game, and sometimes it just relaxes you regardless of the uh, atmosphere and regardless of, of the um, you know where you're at. It, it just it happens in sports. So um, it would be nice to see the Colts do that. However, realistically, if we're looking at team versus team, uh, consistency versus inconsistency, you know, it's hard to to give the Colts the the win in this one. It, it just is. Um, you know, the, the Saints have won what? They've only lost two games since week two. 
So, I mean, it's it's hard to say that. They have had some terrible games. Like I said, Week 10 was a terrible game for them, only scoring nine against the Falcons. Somehow the Colts have to be able to find that. The, Jag, the Jaguars in, in Week 6 found a way to keep them to 13 points. The Cowboys found a way to keep them to 12. And the Rams found a way to keep them at nine points. Can the Colts do that? How can the Colts do that? What are the blitzes that are dialing up? Matt Eberflus is going to have to be on his game. Frank Reich is going to have to be on his game. The special teams can't afford any screw-ups, can't afford any, can't afford a missed field goal, can't afford a block kick, can't afford a bad snap, can't do any of that. This has to be a near-perfect game for the Colts, and they've got to gain some momentum in the second half. The Colts' fourth quarters have been awful, and the Colts can't afford to have that either. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I, I think this is a game that's either going to be a complete trash heap uh, in, the in you know the first 20 minutes of the game, or the Colts are going to be in it and look like they deserve to be in it. it it's hard. It, it just really feels like there's no in between for the Colts in the, in this regard. So uh, I'm looking forward to a good game. I hope that the Colts can can put something together, um, match some aggressive play calling and some success and some consistency offensively with some more plays defensively and, and kind of do those. In, in you know when the Colts turn the ball over uh, on the other team, they typically go into relaxed mode. Uh, offensively. I don't like that. I want them to be aggressive that way. I want them to continue to be able to get a seven and eight and nine play drives together as opposed to going three and out after you force a turnover or bad play calling, you know, or something stupid, too many penalties, you know, in, in, a, in a specific drive to keep that momentum alive. The Colts aren't good. They're good at getting momentum. They have the past two weeks done a great job with that, forcing seven turnovers. But the Colts are not good at maintaining the momentum throughout that time so both times they've gone up quick they've been down quick just as quickly so it, it's uh it, it's kind of a, a you know a weird scale for the Colts at this point but uh thank you guys all for listening we're going to cut this out for right now we're going to put another show together for you guys Sunday after I get to watch Sunday games so we'll do that uh kind of started late in the week this week being that it's a Monday game um, not a lot on the injury front to really talk about other than Jack Doyle being re-signed uh, to a contract extension. Not a lot in the way of Colts news. Uh, obviously, you see that the Colts did sign Dontrell Inman, so you love that. Um, hopefully, you love that. I mean, you hope that you know he does a pretty decent job, had a few touchdowns for the Colts and a 70-some percent uh, catch, uh, catch rate last year. Hopefully, that can continue. Hopefully, he's actually just you know a, a reliable guy for Jacoby Brissett. The one thing about this offense for the Colts, not only is it uh, some inexperienced guys, there's some guys, most of the offense in terms of uh, skill positions at wide receiver, they're just not familiar with each other. So familiarity is going to be a struggle this week. Uh, hopefully it, 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 it catches quickly and they can uh, you know, be a viable component and uh, opponent for uh, the Saints this week. So thank you guys all for listening. I'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue.